welcome to the Christchurch Winston-Salem podcast. To learn more about Christchurch, visit us at ChristchurchWS.org. Subscribe to our podcast at our website, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Our gospel reading this morning begins with Jesus, and Luke tells us that he was full of the Holy Spirit, being led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days. This last Wednesday, we began the season of the Christian year called Lent. The Christian calendar calls us back to the story of Jesus, which we heard part of this morning. His life before the resurrection, before Jesus entered into joy, he first had to suffer and die for our sins and not our sins only, but for the sins of the world. And at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, Luke reminds us, Luke's wilderness temptation story reminds us that Jesus' whole life, not just the cross, but his whole life and ministry was sacrificial. The Christian calendar invites us to shape our worship and our lives around this story of endurance and dependence. We are invited into that story to walk in the wilderness with faith anticipating the coming resurrection. But the calendar invites us into more than a story. The calendar points us to Jesus. It points us to Jesus. As with everything in life, observing the Christian calendar or singing worship songs or changing diapers or preaching sermons, if this season of Lent of giving up, of fasting, is not all about Jesus, it is finally meaningless. A few days ago, my five-year-old son, Jonathan, asked me where the water from the faucet comes from, like a good five-year-old. And in my very unscientific way, I explained all the technology and the systems and the people that all together pipe clean water into our home, which is remarkable. And you don't notice it until a five-year-old asks you, with just a corner turn of a valve, clean water. Alexa, turn on the lights. Let there be light. It's magic. All this is magic. Frederick Buechner said that magic is saying abracadabra and pulling a rabbit out of the hat. Magic is a dashboard Jesus to prevent smash-ups. Magic is going to church so you will get to heaven. Magic is the technique of controlling unseen powers and will always work if you do it by the book. Magic is manipulation and says, my will be done. Christianity is propitiation and says, thy will be done. This distinction, my will versus thy will, is at the center of the Bible, and it is right at the center of our sermon text in Luke chapter 4. Verse 2 of Luke chapter 4 reminds us that not only was Jesus led by the Spirit in the wilderness, but he was tempted by the devil. The devil. 
or the diabolos, the one who utters malicious false statements, the one who injures reputation, the adversary, the one whose work is to separate God and man, or as one ancient translation says, the diabolos is the tail bearer, the tail bearer. There are two tales, two different stories in the Bible and in the world. There's the story of Christ and there's the story of Antichrist. The devil is telling a different story in Luke chapter 4. Below the surface of the demonic deception in Luke 4 is an undercurrent. And here is the one central question. This is the, the one central question and the one point of this sermon. Will you, will you grasp for the promise? Or will you, with open hands, receive the promise? Will you grasp for it yourself? Or will you receive the promise with open hands? This is the only question of the Christian life. Will you in your own strength get through life? Or will you cast yourself entirely upon the grace of God? Will you do everything in your power to make God's kingdom come right now? Or... Will you be faithful to the promise in the wilderness? Will you relinquish control? Will you grasp for the promise or will you receive the promise? You see, this is a really important point. The point of disagreement between the demonic antichrist story and the true Christian story is not a disagreement about the outcome. It's not a disagreement about what is the goal. The outcome or the aim of the adversary's temptation is the same. God says he'll provide for your physical needs. Luke chapter 7, when John is alone in prison, Jesus says to his disciples, go and tell John in prison that I'm restoring people physically. And that this is a sign that God's kingdom is coming Physical restoration, providing for our daily needs, our daily bread, is what God desires for us. To have authority over all the kingdoms of the earth, to be recognized as Lord among God's people, God's outcome and the devil's outcome are the same in the temptation. Physical restoration, ruling and reigning over the earth, and Jesus taking his rightful place of authority among the people of God. So go back to the question, will you grasp for the promise, for this outcome, or will you receive the promise? The temptation is not about the difference of outcome. The temptation is about the means, the means by which we get to that outcome? Will we grasp by our own strength or will we wait and will we ask in faith and receive the promise as a gift from his hand? These are the two stories, the two tales in the Bible. And the rhythm of Luke's gospel invites us into this true story. Luke begins from the lesser to the greater, from the anticipation to the fulfillment. He starts with the anticipation of John's birth, cousin of Jesus, John the Baptist. And he moves to the greater anticipation of Jesus' birth. 
He goes to the birth of John and all the rejoicing that comes with the birth of John. And then he moves, and this this all is anticipating the birth of Jesus and the greater rejoicing that comes with Jesus' birth. And then we have John's preparatory ministry, the lesser baptism of John in Luke 3. And he is, he's pointing forward to the greater baptism of Jesus. And at that baptism, in Luke chapter 3 and verse 22, the Father says that this is my beloved Son, the Son of God. And then he gives us the most fun part about the whole Bible, a genealogy. And he traces this Son of God, Jesus, all the way back to the first Son of God. He says, Adam, Son of Adam, Son of of God. And then our, our gospel, our, our reading from Luke chapter four picks up. And what does the devil ask? Who does he ask it of in verse three of chapter four? If you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, the devil and Luke's pattern of, of arguing from lesser to greater invites us to see Jesus and this reference to Jesus as the son of God, as him asking, in other words, if you are the new Adam, if you are, if you are the Adam who will remain faithful, if you are the son of God, and then he goes on to then temptation, Luke's pattern of back and forth of, of hope and anticipation and fulfillment invites us to look back. What is the true story? In the beginning, Genesis chapter three, Adam and Eve were tempted by, as Revelation 12 says, the great dragon or that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. And what does the devil do? He tempts Adam and Eve to grasp, to take for themselves the promise for themselves. And they fell, Genesis chapter four, with sin like a snake crouching at the door, Cain tries to take the blessing for himself. Genesis 6, the sons of God take the daughters of man. They take for themselves and they fell. Genesis 16, in the wilderness of barrenness, Abram takes, and the word is even more violent, he takes Hagar and grasps for the promise in his own strength. Genesis 27, Jacob takes the birthright that was promised for him. He takes it for himself. In Exodus, Israel is tempted in the wilderness and they fail over and over again. Moses is on Mount Sinai for 40 days. Meanwhile, the newly appointed priest, Aaron, takes everyone's stuff and melts it together into a golden calf to worship. At every point, the would-be heroes of the story They grasp for the promise, for the blessing for themselves, and they die in the wilderness over and over again. David failed. He didn't build the temple. Solomon failed. Every son of God failed. Israel, God's son, failed. Why did they fail? Hopefully you know the answer by now. They wanted to take the promise to earn it instead of receive it with open hands. The promised restoration, the hope of the resurrection, the joy that comes from physical and political and spiritual restoration 
always, in the true story of God, it always comes after a season of waiting, of testing in the wilderness. We cannot enter into the mountaintop joy of Easter without first walking through the valley of Lent. So, how can we discern where the devil is tempting us today? Well, there there are three temptations, so I'm going to give us three points of application. Luke chapter 4, on page 859, Luke chapter 4 and verse 3, here's the first temptation. The devil, the talebearer, said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. The devil tempts Jesus with physical security. We hang on every word of medical professionals. We cry out to legal and illegal chemicals in medications and drinks to find stability and salvation, or else we place all our hope in the lack of chemicals in our perfect organic diet. Man shall not live by bread alone. Jesus, and this is really important, was truly, fully man who fasted for 40 days, which presents real, serious, physically unhealthy conditions. Medical doctors do know what they're talking about. But Jesus didn't find his security finally in health, in physical provision alone, the meeting of felt needs, nor did Jesus use his fasting, this is really important, nor did he use his fasting as a means to get something from God, to take, to grasp for the promise for himself. This this is something that Bishop Steve said to me, and I want to pass it on to you. Your father knows what you need. He knows what you need, and he will give it to you. Lent is for waiting on the Lord, so ask for physical provision by faith with open hands and open hearts, and don't grasp for it for yourself. The second temptation, verse 5, And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. The devil tempts Jesus with political security. Remember the outcome. The goal is the same. God will one day, and one day soon, bring political security. To want to live in safety and at peace with your neighbors in a polis, in a city, is a good thing. That's a good desire. John the Baptist's expectation for Jesus was that he was the real, political, long-awaited messianic king in the line of David. He was, he was a son of God. He was the son of God. 
The disciples had a true, physical, political, messianic expectation for Jesus. And this is a true longing. It's a true expectation. All the nations were to be Abraham's, but not by his strength, not by his political maneuvers in the true story, you know, not by his political maneuvers and trying to say, stay, say, stay, stay safe, stay safe, (laughs) and certainly not by Hagar. Jesus didn't grasp for the promise like Abram or like David, like we all do with our good intentions, working ourselves to the bone to bring the kingdom right now in our own strength. So don't run to the ballot box of Babylon for salvation. And certainly don't try to bring about the restoration of all the kingdoms of the earth, which will one day be the kingdom of our God by your own strength. Worship the Lord your God alone. And lastly, Luke 4 verse 9. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Not to mention the next verse that we just read in Psalm 91 this morning. And He will crush the head of the adder with His foot. That's a snake. Verse 12, and Jesus answered him, It is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. The final point of this three-point sermon, the devil tempts Jesus with using our religion to manipulate God. The devil tempts Jesus with using our religion or our piety to manipulate God. Of course, we're not supposed to seek our security in food and health or power in government. We're called to find our security in the scriptures. But even our devotion to the scriptures and to worship can be our grasping for the promise for ourselves. We can go to the scriptures to get something from God. The devil is doing that just As we see right here, he's going to Psalm 91 to get something for himself, for Jesus to grasp something for himself. He's going to the scriptures to take control of it for himself. We can run to the Bible as the devil did in order to manipulate God to do our bidding. Even and especially piety, religious devotion, can be used to grasp for the promise ourself instead of receiving the good news with open hands and open hearts. So hear the true story. Hear the true story. Everyone in the true story of God failed. Everyone, except for Jesus. Everyone failed. You fail. We all fail. But Jesus didn't. And so when you're walking through this life, through this the wilderness of this world, anticipating God's coming restoration, God, will you save us? Will you come and save us? Look to Jesus. Trust Him and follow Him. And as we come this morning to the table, 
Don't come grasping. Don't come to get something from God. Not, not as a means to an end. Don't, don't come with that disposition. Come with open hands and receive the bread of life. Receive the gospel. Receive Jesus with open hands. Let him do it for you. Rest. Let God come to the rescue and feed you with manna in the wilderness and stop grumbling. Stop grasping. Open your hands and your heart. Lord, that you would do that in my heart. Lord, that you would do that in all of our hearts this morning by faith. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Christ Church, visit us at ChristChurchWS.org. Subscribe to our podcast at our website, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 